I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. Greetings, travelers. Greetings, travelers. Oh my gosh, that was that was kind of normal. Shut up! All right, all right. <laughs> Listen, I'm having an off day. Okay? Yeah, it's, we're having we're having a weird month. It's been a busy month. It's been, it's just going into even busier month. Yeah, we're I mean, it's it's like it's spooky season or something. It's so. like we're doing things. I mean, what this airs at the end of August, and we will be at Dragon Con when this is airing. Yep. Um, so if you're there, don't forget to look us up on their very cool app to, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, come, and come see us. We have two different live Erie Travels podcasts happening then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, one's on Friday and one's on Saturday. So, yes. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, find us and, and come enjoy the show. So. Yeah, we're going to get some swag on us. So if you find yeah. us and you yeah. come tell us and show us you're an Erie Travels fan, yeah. You might just be able to score some free swag. Free swag, free swag. And we'll have books available for signing and mm-hmm. other things for yeah. a small fee. Yeah. For a small fee. For a small fee. You, know, you, know, you want we, to sell artifacts? We, we gotta we gotta eat, baby. We gotta eat. So, that, yeah. Especially for you. What? Especially at, at, at freaking Dragon Con, man. Those those sandwiches are not cheap. They're so. not, no, but there's good places to food trucks. around oh yeah awesome no. food trucks so. yeah we're gonna have a good time but we me and you both have about 10 panels i think so. yeah i think i think between the two of us we each have five yeah not including our two so it's it's nuts yeah so. no it's crazy okay let us talk about oh you know what i think mm-hmm. we have some breaking news <gasps> are you ready for it? i'm ready for breaking news i've been playing Baldur's gate for days now is is that breaking news? It is. I mean, do you haven't been able to play? I know. I've been moving into my mountain lair. Although I was able to get the with the minions' help, able to get the uh, the uh, secret super secret satellite internet hooked up. So I now have back connections to the real world, so I can take over the world now. So, you can, you can, but um, I know I got. I can't interfere with your plans for that. But no, yeah. well, I I was thinking we were going to do it together, or at least I'll give you some small small part of the world. That you okay, think okay. The, I just the world. In- I suppose I can have one doomsday device and still be feared. So be okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> terrifying! You're terrifying, Mark. No, I've been having a lot of fun playing Baldur's Gate. So if yeah. you're out there playing Baldur's Gate, I'm playing a druid. There's a video you should watch. That's all I'm going to say about that. Oh yeah, that's that's well known. But that's well known. But... We have a couple of friends of the podcast. I wanted to give some shout outs to. Yeah. So one of the friends of the podcast is um they're at conventions with us. I'm not sure if we're going to see them at Dragon Con, but that's Adulting Axolotl. Yeah. They have some of the most amazing products ever. They're huge fans of the show. We love them to death. But they also custom make orders. And I'm saying that because they actually custom made me a purse. Yeah. Um, and they you, they do these great little signs for when you come in, which is the cocaine bear sign we've talked about. Yes. Inspired. Yeah. But they have they, some other really fun ones. So check them out. Definitely support them. They're a wonderful duo. And we um, put the link to them in our show notes. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is up in... Pennsylvania in Downingtown, which is near Philly, which is Enchanted Flower Bake Shop. Oh yes, so beautiful uh, stuff. Oh my God, amazing! Those taste tasty things on the planet. They can even do gluten free, you know, whatever free, vegan, 
basically not stuff me and Mark eat because we like our butter yeah. and we like our chocolate chips. So, you know, when we have those things, but um, that is run by a wonderful, wonderful person and they do custom orders and they do everything from gigantic, beautiful wedding cakes. But one of the cool things is for us, they're going to be making um, some cryptid cookies for when Yay. we go see them because we're going to be working on one of the Erie Travels books in December, December up in that area. So we're going to, you'll see pictures, but check them out. Follow them on Instagram. They have a new website. Anyway, they're friends of the show. We love them. So yep. um, shout outs to friends of the show. Again, both their links are in the show notes uh, on whatever podcasting platform you prefer or YouTube. Yes, so. absolutely. Um, so let's, what, what the heck are you talking about? Okay. Today, well, Marvel? like, what is the plan? I, well, there's another event right after Dragon Con and we weren't unable to arrange to get there for it this year. They've done it every year. They were relaunching this year as a major event. Kind of, if you're going to, you know, since we're on the road to Mothman. On the road to Mothman. Uh, there's another monster that's not too far from Mothman. Uh, and, and almost as famous as almost Mothman, as famous he, but he, in a different way he kind of got you know swept away mothman mania uh but i think this creature for those that haven't read the description uh are, everybody read the description so they all know what they all know but anyway so i'm gonna go a little different on this take of our flatwoods monster buddy we're gonna talk about the big green monster but not the one in fenway park the one in Braxton County, West Virginia. I'm uh, excited because I've played Fallout 76 and I have a different take on the Flatwood Monster. Of course. Something nothing to do with yours. But I want to hear so, yours. Yeah, I want to know a lot about them. Well, the nice thing is, is most everybody who's into cryptids knows a, a little bit about this monster, knows some of the story and knows some of the things. And some people, you'll come at it from the alien side. Some people come at it from the cryptid side. Some people come at it from the Mothman side where it might've been, you know, extra dimensional and stuff like that. There's a lot of different ways to take this one, but I have a different approach because I stumbled on this. It was created as a candy bar and it's just been a big giant scheme. No, no. But uh, I have a different approach because the reason I stumbled back into Flatwoods Monster, the reason I did Erie Appalachia was, you know, we had discovered Indrid Cold in Florida and suddenly I discovered another thing in Florida. What did you discover All in right. Florida? So September there, this 12th. This is one of the things you discovered in this is, this is just, but this ties into Flatwoods. So okay. September 12th, 1952 is the date of the Flatwoods Monster Incident. So remember that date. September 12th, 1952. In the evening, right? It okay. is probably one of the most documented encounters with a possible extraterrestrial being ever. Ever, ever. Ever, ever, ever. And the information is just overwhelming when you're trying to summarize this event. So there is one man that I talked to quite a bit. His name was Frank Fischino. And Frank has spent more than 20 years investigating UFOs in general. Okay. And uh, we're going to try to get him on the show as soon as we can. Uh, he has two books on the subjects. And one is the definitive book on the Flatwoods incident. And that's where I got most of my notes for Erie Appalachia. Okay. Frank Ficino? Ficino. F-E-S-C-H-I-N-O. And... um. Now, his book um, talks about 
you know, what happened in 1952. Okay. Right. Uh, there is this crazy UFO flap uh, going on in 1952, where we have UFOs everywhere. It's saucer mania. Okay. And um, do you think they just found us? Well, I guess I'm curious, you know, because we talk a lot about this UFOs and things like that, right? But every time we talk about it, it seems like there's like sort of a condensed period where this all really, really began. Yeah. This we is... think that they suddenly went, oh, there are fucking humans on that planet. We should go. Well, 1952 that. is what where it really comes around. And he wrote a book called Shoot Them Down, okay. which was a famous quote from uh, uh, Eisenhower. Okay. And it's like, okay. We had UFOs flying all over the place, including over Washington, D.C. airspace. And the Air Force has to form a program to investigate these things, and they call it Project Blue Book, right? We, oh, we've discussed them yes. many times. Now, 1952, there are a large number of fatal air tragedies this year. Like mostly people, like airplanes going airplanes down? going down mostly combat veteran pilots they survived you know the korean war they've done all these other things and they're lost in freak training accidents or just different errors of flight navigation and stuff like that that's weird and the public is just not informed on this nobody there's not a lot of you know news coming out about it and all this and so this other guy comes along, and his name is Major Donald Kehoe. Okay. Now, he writes a book in 1973 called Aliens in Space. And he's a retired U.S. Marine major, and he documented many of the UFO sightings and actually wrote about the government cover-up okay. that was hiding these things. And he says that the large number of fatal air accidents was because it was reprisal attacks from UFOs that were being attempted to be shot down by Air Force jets. Wait, wait. okay, brake pumping. Yeah. We're doing some brake pumping. So this major, like a legitimate military person, yes. comes out, where does he say this? In his book in 1973. So he comes out and he says, all of these combat people who were being killed during this 600 period. plus freak accidents, 600 plus freak accidents, World War II vets and, and Korean War vets, Korean conflict. Sorry, so, Korean War. We don't call it. A so war. obviously yeah. some UFO, we had some teenagers out for a thing. We ended up killing them. Their parents got mad. They came back. So this is what he said. Did you need proof of this or just this was this was stuff? this was his kind of theory, but it was also that he, you know, he was in charge of making the documents. Okay. To document these things. So when he retired, he's like, they were they the pilots were told, bring them down any way you can, because we can't let the Soviets get their hands on UFOs. On UFOs, we need them. So even if it means ramming them, as long as you can safely eject, do it. So I just want to clarify, did they believe that um, UFOs were only over American airspace? No, they knew they were everywhere, but they were trying to get them down wherever they could. Okay, so, so that's bizarre. Yes. Bizarre. But uh, so now 
this is where I come in, right? I'm studying a flight from 1952. Okay. Same day, September 12th. There are two pilots okay. that are on a training exercise from Eglin Air Force Base up in the Panhandle, up in Pensacola, Florida. Okay. Okay. And they were flying down to MacDill Air Force Base, which is in Tampa. So which should flying... be about a half an hour flight, right? Uh, maybe an hour. Well, this is 1952. So this is maybe these... three hours. Yeah, maybe three hours. So <laughs> yeah, not quite. Yeah, two, two, two hours, maybe three. And the the official report says the pilot and the trainee co-pilot were lost somewhere over the Gulf and never arrived at McDill. Okay. Uh, the families of lost pilots were told this, and they were told that the plane was lost and no bodies were ever recovered. Okay. Now, it was 40 years later, the flight starts getting declassified. Things start getting declassified. People start doing Freedom of Information Act, stuff like that. So, oh, and 1990s. we have so many episodes coming up about that. Yes, That's yeah. Free and clear. Yeah. Okay. And they were told further details of the flight. The men had made it to Tampa. The men, but after they quickly refueled and relaunched, but were then lost, and there was no explanation for the relaunch. Like, they were done with their trip. Why were they suddenly put back into the air? Why were they refueled so fast? All right. So now Fashino at that same point has discovered. Okay. So I just want to make sure because yeah. I have to, I love you, your dad. Yeah. I yeah. Have but, to keep up. With, yeah. Keep up because yeah, you're the helping, audience, helping so the audience. Give them, give yeah. Them. So, um, so we have this weird thing where all these fighter pilots just during a certain period of time are over two years. Yeah. Are being, Anyway, dying. I'm going to say dying, yeah, yeah, right? Because yeah. freak accident. Freak accident. When you're shot down, it's not a freak accident. But yeah. um, so they're disappearing. Then we have this weird flight from Pensacola, Tampa. So travelers out there, please absolutely pull up a map so you can see what we're talking about. Yeah. Goes over the Gulf of Mexico, lands, is forced to refuel and sent back up right away, which is weird because they wouldn't do that anyway unless. They needed them in the sky for something. Something, like a scramble. And, and then they disappeared, yes. And then, so, um, in the 1990s now, see, this is me catching up. This is yeah. very slow. My brain's barely working. Um, 1990s, they started declassifying. They learned that. What is Frank doing about that? Now, Frank finds out that there was a scramble okay. from an Air Force base further south because of an unknown object in the sky so it could have been they thought it might have been cuban they thought it might have been russian they thought it might have been anything flying further south now it's a little south like fort myers area which so, is just south of tampa, tampa everybody's Bay. paying attention yeah, so follow flying right up the coast kind of going northeast okay as a little bit you know so suddenly mcdill scrambles these pilots a couple hours later so if something's flying along that coast going pretty fast they're going to scramble these jets and then, then that's the last we see of these two guys. Okay. Their plane is crashed somewhere inland. Now their um their bodies supposedly were never discovered, right? All yeah. this. But we found out that they were buried in Arcadia, Florida, which is like central Florida. So and the not government told the buried family, them and didn't tell, tell them the that they were lost. And until 1990s, then they Did tell they the families. Them? Tell me they exhumed them. They have not. They have not. But the families now know where the bodies are. 
Oh That's my god, crazy. I would be zooming them to see how they actually died. Right. So did their um death report <laughs> this is a creepy side of Erica. The, did their death reports um get released? No, like, not yet. they're death? still it's still very redacted. Oh. And all the stuff uh from the McDill Air Force Base on this day is 90% redacted. Any reports I try to pull from that day, just black sheets of paper with a few words here and there. It's like what is the point, right? So we're hoping with all these declassifications and stuff, more is going on. But anyway, that's where this kind of part ends, all right? And now we're getting into the classic story of Flatwoods. Okay, are so, we going to take a quick break to do that? I think we should probably take a quick break. But so this is all preamble, gang. And we're going to buckle up for the ride after this. I was going to say, we'll, we'll take an early break and we'll do this. Okay, we'll be right back with... With Erie Travels, Travelers. Erie Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky. Horrible occurrences, almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia. Or the Goat Man of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe. What are those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock? Or the Satan spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio to Point Pleasant's Mothman Legacy, Mark Muncie and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncie, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more. Greetings, mortals and others. I'm Dick Terhune, the voice from hell. I work with haunted attractions all over the US, Canada, and Europe to increase audiences and enhance their experience with highly effective commercials, narrations, animatronic character voices, whatever your dark heart desires. Let me help you do more, scare more, profit more. Find out more at Voice From Hell on Facebook and at voicefromhell.com. We're back. We're back. Okay. Wow. I'm, okay. I'm ready so to we haven't even talked about Flatwoods yet. So that's no, we that's what we're gonna so... talk about. So okay, so the young the year is let's go to the 1952. The date. September 12th. September 12th. Same day as what's happened just a little bit ago down in Tampa. Now this is a couple hours later, right? We're up now. We're up in West Virginia. And Fred and Edward May and their friend Eugene Lemon are playing football on the Flatwood School playground with several other boys. And they all see this large glowing red object that was pear-shaped and had a flaming tail. And it flew over their heads and they thought maybe it's a meteor, but it's going so slow, so super slow. And then in fact, it stops and then descends vertically and it lands what looks like on a farm not too far away the fisher farm for the fisher family okay so the so may these boys, boys are weren't they around 12 or something 12 to 16 12 to 16 i was gonna okay. say they're like middle high schooler kind of boys yeah so okay. they go get their mother 
who is probably one of my favorite people in the world, Kathleen May. Uh, she had just divorced and was very much a, you know, a strong independent one in the 1950s. That just did not happen. I was going to say it's rare. Yeah, to especially have that. in West Virginia. Yeah. You know, and she's raising her boys mm -hmm. and, and they go to her because smart kids go to moms. They mom, we saw a weird thing and we're going to go investigate. And, and then they go get, um, you, uh, you, uh, they get their friend Eugene is, is also a national guardsman. So he's the oldest of the group and he's going to lead up the hill. And they got kind of one of the town dogs to go with them and a couple other dogs go with them. And, and it's just as you do, right? Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah. Thank you, Carrie. The, the amazing uh, other half of the Muncie clan, Carrie is yeah. here with us. As well. I've, heard, I've heard stories that he's kind of like the, the, the lead dog is like the town dog. Like everybody knows him and just, and so he led the but way. Yeah. Time period. It was yeah. also, you had hunting dogs. You had dogs on the farm, like having yeah. dogs, not that we don't have dogs. I have dogs now. We all know yeah, that, yeah. but um, it, that was very much a thing, and you 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 trusted them to know stuff in the environment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so the whole area is kind of given off this red and purple light. Okay. Through the trees, and so Eugene grabs his flashlight because he's going to go investigate this. And uh, so they, as they get closer, there's this kind of warm mist that's just kind of all around the ground. Okay, so um, I think one should not trust warm mist. I think I make that assessment based on just a warning label for travelers out there. If you're walking into warm mist, unless you're in the jungle, maybe take a pause. Continue right. on with your Well, story. then there's this odor that okay. comes with it. Okay, see, that's a hard pass for me. You know, nope. nope. Nausea-inducing. And... They all all say it smells of rotten eggs. So sulfur. So sulfur, right? Hey, our wonderful friend sulfur. Yeah. And so what do we associate sulfur with? Hell. Yeah, exactly. Hell, <laughs> demonic, you know, whatever. Reclaimed water. Yeah. That's option B. Option B. All right. So so now one of the boys says he hears this strange, high-pitched mechanical whine at we, this point. So one of them hears it? One of the boys says this. Uh, Fred Fred May says he see, hear, heard this. You know what's interesting about that is that kids can, uh, you know, kind of like animals, they say children can hear things at different levels. levels. Yeah. Okay. And so the dog, one of the dogs growls and runs into the mist. And then it quickly comes running back. Yo, 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 yo it's done. Yeah, back, runs back to town. Passes them, like, screw y'all, y'all dead. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. You know, survival of the fittest. Yeah, yeah. You don't have so to outrun the your boys and Mrs. May go on through the gate of the farm and up to the top of the hill where the glow's coming from. Okay. And the youngest members of the group start staying back with the other dogs that now will not go any further. Okay. Um, now, they, as they get further ahead, the mist is so strong and becoming very unbearable. And she suddenly hears this hissing sound. That sounds like frying bacon, she says. That's her quote. So it's okay. yeah, like that. And they look and they see this loud, large round metallic ball in this crevice to their side, just a short distance away. And it was a black ball and it was pulsing with that red and orange glow. It was kind of coming through it like it was hollow. Okay. Inside. And then Lemon hears noise 
to the side, the, 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 you know, the national guardsman, and he turns his flashlight around and he thought he was a raccoon in a nearby tree that was hissing at them, something like that. But then he saw quote, a dark metal monster standing nearly 10 feet tall. And then as the light hit it, it like suddenly comes like it'd been standing there as a tree. They didn't notice it until the light hit it. And then suddenly it is lit from behind by a reddish glow. And they said the head or maybe helmet was shaped like a giant ace of spades. Okay. Uh, and then the, there seemed to be two eyes that were more like pop portholes that were beaming glowing yellow light out of them. And there were many different descriptions of it because they all saw a little different in the flashing of the light. One of them said it had arms, but most of them said it was shaped like a bullet. And that, uh, and then Mrs. May famously described it as looking like it had a pleated skirt made of metal. And she didn't seem arms, but it had antenna coming from where it should have had shoulders. So it followed the flashlight beam towards them by gliding over the ground. It's not touching the ground at all. It's like hovering. I don't like any of this. And it makes this strange sound that sounds like a thump coming from it, like a repeated thump. And it's glowing red in its face, the green on its body, and the hissing sound from earlier is returned, and the mist is just like growing thicker and swarming at its base. And it came at them, and Mrs. May said it had ejected some sort of oily substance at them. And at that point, they're done, right? That It's spitting stuff at us. We're out of here. Um, and they were convinced it was going to come towards them. Mm -hmm. But uh, instead, it turns and goes back to the glowing ball. Okay. And they all ran home. Right? As you should. As you should. Okay. Now, every one of the witnesses have nausea for days. They have nasal and throat issues, not easily explained. And Lemon was like, having severe bouts of vomiting for days so i.e radiation sickness that's it well the dot when ms may took it to her doctor her doctor told her that it was like they were uh subjected to mustard gas from like world war one oh wow it was the same stuff what's in so, mustard gas uh chlorine and some other bad 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 chemicals yeah. you know and um so now when they get home, they call the police, right? Mrs. May is like, Sheriff, what the hell? And so the sheriff and his whole department were investigating a plane crash nearby. And so they were unavailable. So they sent a journalist <laughs> instead. I love this because this is one of the other stories where we heard they sent a journalist. Yes. Because this seems to be a thing. Like, yeah, oh, we it, can't it's West go. Virginia. The cops, the, the two cops are busy. So the let's send the newspaper. newspaper. Can you go out? Yeah. <laughs> so this guy is named A. Lee Stewart. And he, he uh he goes out to document it. And he was there by 9 p.m. So it's pretty soon after the encounter. And Lemon leads Stewart to the site, and the journalist notices that odor immediately and he documents it and he saw several strange tracks in the grass near where the thing was it's more like pressed down grass and what he thought looked like tractor marks on the ground or perhaps military treads 
uh, from where the glowing ball had been seen, but there was no glowing ball anymore. Right? Dun, 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 dun. dun. So he did find this unusual oily material on his clothing later. And he would also claim to have found a blob, like a lump of metal that had a consistency like solder, he said. And he interviewed all the witnesses and had them make drawings of the creature you know, as best they could. When the sheriff came later that night with the police dogs, the dogs, of course, would go nowhere near the site. Um, now, this is where it gets even more. I was going to say, if you say this is where it gets weird, we're already so far past that line. Okay. So what do you think of the monster so far? So there's a lot of thoughts I'm having at the same time. One of the things, obviously, it's very interesting that they did this scramble at the same time, basically, the ship is crashing. I mean, it didn't just this land. This would have been a few hours before. So yeah. I think they tagged it. They hit this thing with a missile. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think it crashed. Not like crash, but like damaged. Because that would in explain Tampa, the slow and, and the deceleration. And Yep. If you do the diagonal line, if you do some triangulation from Fort Myers, Tampa, and just keep going up a couple more hours, guess what? Flatwoods, West Virginia, right there. Yeah. No, and that makes sense. And also, it makes sense why it would may put down there because there is... It, it's the largest mountain range there. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, I mean, obviously a, you have the yeah. Rockies and shit, but it's huge. So it, it's interesting now that you found that link where that yeah. might show where it got shot down. Yeah, where it got tagged. And and think about it. If they come in Roswell, let's say Roswell, 40s, the 40s. Yeah. We're still prop planes then. Yeah. Jets were starting to come around. Now in 1952, so we have jets. And not only do we have jets, we have missiles and we have rockets. Yeah. That's like, you know, when you come visit originally and you got bow and arrow and then suddenly you come back and the guy's got a machine gun. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's... people need to know, though, the targeting system, it was not like you see in movies today where you engage, yeah. blip, 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 and it knows exactly where it's going. Yeah, these, like, mostly, you, these were early heat seekers, some of them, but still, it just... You still had to see it and it yeah. had to be a certain distance away. Yeah, but suddenly, you know, we had a leap in technology and then suddenly, the, the, they, you know, they weren't expecting it. Yeah. So, all right. So anyway... So later, the aliens weren't expecting. I don't think the aliens were expecting. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, continue. Yeah, you're coming with bullet, you know, with bullet shields, and then suddenly a missile hits you. That's a whole different ball game. Yeah. All right. So later in the evening, still. So this is still Saturday night. The U.S. Air Force sent the West Virginia National Guard to investigate the scene, and they were already in the area because of the reported plane crash. That the Why sheriff would was the National for. Guard be in the area for, for a plane, plane crash? crash? Yeah. So Captain Dale Levitt was in command of the investigation, and he told the local papers, "Oh, we found a metallic fragment that seemed to uh, the oh that you know we found this piece, but we think the locals must have taken whatever was here." He was kind of alleging that, you know, that the, the locals the, went and took the spaceship. Took the spaceship, and, the and he's like, and "If you have any materials, turn it over to the Air Force." Right now. So. Wow. Um, but isn't it, wasn't there something when they got there, then all of a sudden, everything the journalists had seen, everything else, it was gone it was, right after they, they arrived. Yeah, right, right after they arrived. And then, so um, Levitt, you know, the, the Air Force officer sent that material to be tested, never got a response of what the material was, anything. So he went to his death, never having heard 
Wow. So the next day, the May family were visited by some men who claimed to be reporters. She took them to the site, and the men acted strangely and claimed something about bringing the samples to someone, and they both wore very formal suits. And she was surprised that they seemed unconcerned about getting them covered in this black oily substance. <laughs> you called it. Oh, gotta love me. Did they have a flashy thing? I hope they. Have I, who knows? Well, you know, so the papers ran the stories of UFOs for a few days, and eventually the story of the encounter with the monster finally comes out. It, they just ignored that part. Um, but various news outlets, various publications start interviewing everybody. So Mrs. May and Mr. Lemon suddenly are sent to a New York TV station and they're going to be talking on this TV show. And that's where there's this drawing that an artist made of the Flatwoods monster with this, with the arms reaching out. And that is probably the most famous image. And you can find that in the Flatwoods Monster Museum. They have the original. Um, and uh, now they took, you know, a lot of liberties with it, you know, where it's got the reaching arms, it's got all this stuff. It's we'll it's, include the link to the yeah, yeah, that, yeah, for the for the picture. Yeah. And so now now of course debunkers mm -hmm. say that it was a meteor, right? Yeah. And that uh, or or maybe the airplane that crashed dropped the flashing light or something nearby. Uh the military presence there was for the crash. Yeah, you know, there was no other reason. And that the monster was a barn owl what? that the flashlight hit and the noxious gas from the meteor. What? Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it was a gas leak. And I feel like it was a gas leak is like the age old yeah. excuse for anything happening. So after all this is reported, they come back and say, oh, it's this uh, gas leak and... Uh... Yeah, yeah, all this other stuff. So now before this, you know, monster, you know, the landings were never reported to UFOs. No one had talked about alien abductions. No one had talked about, you know, yeah, that's... Um... No, it's fine. I'm just looking up the original picture. Sure. So... Yep, yep. So, um, but now what happens, what's often overlooked is there was another sighting the next day what in I a nearby town sometimes it said the same day but it's not it was the next day the nearby town of frame town which is basically a hill over about a mile or so over okay uh, a young couple's driving through the mountains when their car stops and won't start and they smell a putrid stench okay rotten eggs and uh, the husband gets out of the car and he's looking for to see what kind of animal has died near them. Uh, also to check the engine, you know, what the heck's going on with my car. And then suddenly she starts screaming at him. There's something behind you. And he turns around and he sees a very large creature flying towards them. And now the body says it has a metallic skirt. You know, just like the lady had said. But the top part is a reptilian creature with yellow eyes and long scaly arms. It was like gray, like a gray alligator, she said. She's screaming. The baby is in the seat next to them. And she's just like, get out of here. Let's get out of here. This thing's like reaching towards it. But what they do is instead he climbs over them 
uh, the, the, the husband climbs over the wife and the baby and they sit there and the creature just flies past them, but it touches their hood of their car with its reptilian hand and it leaves a burn mark. Do we have pictures of the burn mark? We do not, but we do have descriptions from the police that yes, there was a strange mark on the hood of the car. So it's only a couple years later that people start putting two and two together, say, you know, this is the same thing. Yeah. Just so, so the first thing, my immediate thought is that it's a probe type, you know, it's like, a, it's considered like a bullet shape. It's got like this. Well, does it yeah. look like that? Because what this looks like to me, other than fancy, is it kind of looks like, and it probably could be, a, uh, what do they call them? An exosuit? Like yeah, a, exactly. Like a, you know, whatever suit. And although they say skirt, I wonder if it's just a like propulsion thing. So it has things under it. Yeah, like to... tubes to, to lift it. Yeah. yeah. And um and it's um instead of and a then, skirt. Now one of the guys says the you know the in the initial encounter that the yellow eyes were like portholes and he saw something reptilian looking out at him from it. And that's often forgotten too in all this. So I think that next night monster is it where it's taken off the top half. And it's I I I go back to Doctor Who. I know you haven't watched it. It's a there's a thing called the Daleks, which are these things that have this skirted like material around the bottom. Half. I know what the Daleks. And they've got is. the creature inside, and that's what I'm thinking. This is something along those lines, where it's a probe. And um, it, it makes sense. It makes sense that this would be a degree of armor if it doesn't know if yeah. it can be in our. And it's never seen again. And guess what? The military suddenly pull out of the area the next day. So, so they found it. I think they caught it in yeah. Frametown. And I think they got the ship. And I think it's part of the materials that these, you know, trials are saying we have. You know, that well, you know, these humans could have expired because I mean it could have hit something or it maybe it ran into Sassy and Sassy was like, the <laughs> fuck you're being here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bam. Or, or or Mothman took him out. Yeah. You know, or I something. Mean, so this is 10 years before Mothman. So uh but um the and Freddie May sadly just passed away. Oh, um, he was one of the last witnesses. Um, but there's uh, a great picture of the newspaper article with yeah, them that's that that's that New York article with Freddie and Kathleen. Now, Kathleen, there's a great story where you know the fence that they climbed. Kathleen May apparently vaulted that fence as they were leaving. It's a six foot fence. Well, done. so yeah, I'm like, I, yeah, I love her so much. Um, our good friends at Small Town Monsters did an excellent documentary on it called The Flatwoods Monster. Uh, highly recommend you watch that. Now, for our travel, right? You got to travel this, right? Well, no, I want to talk a little bit about the video game. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, let's talk about the video game, then we'll talk okay, about it. Okay. So, and it still involves the travel. So, Oh, uh, the monster's never been seen again. So the monster's never been seen again. But there was a lot of stuff around the fact that in, unlike a cryptid, even though this Flatwood sometimes is thrown into a cryptid category, yeah. this is very much by most people assumed to be an alien and assumed to be a crashed UFO that was what they saw. Right. Right. So what's interesting, though, is a game came out called Fallout 76. Right. And Fallout 76, it's gone through some iterations. Um, and I'm not gonna bore other travelers not into video games with everything, but what was very interesting is they set this in the Appalachian Mountains. Mm -hmm. And the game is set there. 
the premise of the game yeah. is that they all have um uh you're you're in a vault because there was a nuclear war right and there were different vaults set up and they were set up different ways and i'm not going to go down the rabbit hole that's, completely. that's, all, that's another episode yeah. yes but what's interesting is basically you emerge in the appalachian mountains and one of the things you do as part of your quest line is you go and you encounter the Flatwoods monster. Right. Now, here's the funny thing, though. The Flatwoods monster from Fallout 76, and I don't know if you've ever seen it, so I'm going to show you what yeah. that looks like because it does not look anything, anything no. like, Um. well, yeah, it does. It does and doesn't. But they, they gave it a helmet. They gave it the glowing eyes. It has the 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 noxious odor that comes out supposedly. Yeah, and it's purple. It's radiation. It's purple instead of the red and green. Yeah, and you have to go into the wasteland to see yeah. it. So what? But what's interesting is they have all of the the various creatures and monsters. And sorry for that blip. Sometimes we don't get everything shut off. Um, but it's interesting because when you go there, in order to encounter this monster, you have to wear a hazmat suit. Yeah, a radiation-proof or you die instantly. Yeah. So this game, for anybody who's into games and is into cryptids, is in into folklore. Um, it started off where you were out there by yourself. There are no other humans left alive. There are now humans in that world and stuff. But it's a really fun game because even if you just look at the map of what they did, yeah, you get um to the fallout monster you get to various other folklore yeah, monsters monsters you get grafton monsters the grafton in it. monster and which, uh, and of course mothman is in it, so. yes and we'll have to do an episode on the grafton monster. oh yeah grafton's pretty pretty not too far from here it, west virginia is is definitely cryptid heaven um and that's why it's almost heaven west virginia yeah. so um, and but, but i have to say what's funny about this is when i started playing this game because i knew some of the lore Nowhere near you, and we all know that because of what I sound like when you start saying stuff. <laughs> the thing was interesting is when I saw this and we got into it and we encountered the creature, yeah. I was like, is that their version of the Flatwoods monster? Yeah, and, and and my you know other half who was playing with me is like, what the hell is the Flatwoods monster? And I'm like, okay, everybody needs to pause. We yeah. were on we were on Discord, we were talking, and I explained the little bit I knew, which was nothing compared to what we just explained yeah. about the flatwoods monster so I, mark is the flatwoods monster that's the, the the fallout 76 flatwoods monster i do like it. it's very 50s very spacey and all that um now so let's do our travel yes this. so you there is the flatwoods monster festival which is being relaunched september 9th yes this year uh our good friend dave spinks is going to be one of the guest speakers and um, it's a couple weeks before the Mothman Festival. So if you're doing a, a trip, like I said, that would be the time to go. Go do Flatwoods uh, Monster Convention, then head over and you can go early to the Mothman Festival grounds and hit Point Pleasant. You can go to Grafton. All that is within an hour of you here in Sutton, West Virginia. So now... There are the big things there. When you're in Sutton, there is the Flatwoods Monster Museum. There is also the West Virginia, Virginia Museum of Bigfoot, which has a lot of... Um, West just Virginia big, Yeah, 
it, it has a lot of like uh, footprints and some you know other artifacts and stuff like that. But the town itself finally is embracing it. There's a great place you can eat at called The Spot that Carrie had the UFO calzone at, uh, which is uh, a giant calzone. They also have the iconic ceramic Flatwoods Monster lanterns, which are made by Belco Glass, which look like our wonderful Braxton County monster. And then the best part, though, is there are five giant chairs located throughout Braxton County. And each one is 10 foot tall, the same size of the monster, right? Uh-huh. And each one takes place at one of the famous spots, right? Uh, one of the one is where the, the the location is. One is where the farm is. One is where the crash is. And each one is painted by a different artist. Oh, I love so that. So there's a different style each one you go to. And they have QR codes. So when you scan them with your wonderful cell phone uh you will go trigger the little history of why that chair is at that location what is the historical significance of the event but when you scan all five spots and go back to the monster museum they give you a sticker where's braxy and it looks like a milk carton uh sticker of of the monster and all that so well travelers i'm just i'm gonna mention this um, we're not doing any guarantees, but we are going up a few days before the Braxton, uh, before Mothman. Yeah. And we will be touring these places. We will yeah. be going to get a calzone because the amazing Muncie's, Mark and Carrie, have been able to go see all this stuff. And I have not yet. Yeah. So Mark is good. We're going to be taking pictures, videos. So you may run into us in one of these spots, travelers, the few days before the Mothman Festival, and I've included all the links. Our lovely producer, Callie, will throw them in there. Longest link list. What is the name of that restaurant again, Mark? It's called The Spot. The Spot. The Spot. It's it's uh, The Spot in Braxton County, and uh, it, it's um, it's great. They've got the big stand-up, you know, put your face in, Brax- in, in Braxy's uh, thing. I do love that they call him Braxy because of Nessie uh yeah the spot dairy bar and um it's uh it's beautiful it's a fun little shop they carry the lanterns they also carry those at the flatwoods monster museum downtown now the flatwood monster museum downtown has one of my favorite signs ever what does the sign say there is a table in there and it says under no circumstances are you allowed to have a seance in this building I'm going to high five the owner when I meet them because you should not, you got to be careful doing seances, period. You never know what you're going to pull through, which is another episode. Yep, yep, yep. So I highly recommend Frank Faschino's books. Uh, I recommend the Small Town Monsters documentary on this. They will all give you even more details on all this. So um, So man gang, that's just, I mean, there's so much to this, but I had so much fun writing about this for Erie Appalachia, which is now available on Audible. For, for the audiobook. Uh and uh, yeah, Flatwoods Monster Legacy of Fear is the small town monsters. Which will include you got so many links this episode, Traveler. Well, I mean, yeah, this one's probably one of the most documented 
accounts ever. And it's very so, hard to say that this was nothing because it's so yeah, much. So many people saw it. And so nobody ever changed their story. Nobody ever, you know, every interview, even the cop was like, you know, yeah, I didn't see nothing, but it was weird. The smell, the oil, the reporter, the, you know, the military involvement. We know there was military involvement because it's all redacted. So there is reports. Just oh. we don't know what they are. Yeah. So and this tells me, travelers, we need your stories. Yes. Flatwoods monster stories. Yeah. Anybody who's been out that area had in, you know, any you know, UFO sightings in that area are pretty well known. So. Our family. Let yeah. us know what you know of the Flatwoods monster. We'd love to hear it. Yeah, and we're and still the Grafton getting... monster. And yeah. please. And if you have questions that you need the answers to that we didn't cover, yeah. ask us those. We'd love to help out. And then let us know any monsters that you know of that we're not talking about. Like I said, I love holler monsters. And this was basically a holler monster story for a long time. It never made it out because Blue Book debunked it. But then, you know, now we're learning, oh, maybe they did. Yeah, so. Maybe maybe they maybe they said they did, quote unquote. Yep. Well, Mark, this has been so much fun. And I got to talk about a video game. So, you know, I love it. Yeah, we have we had fun with that. And and, and Flatwoods Monster has also been in a bunch of other video games, like uh, as as a, as a monster. I know the Japanese culture loves him. So he's in uh, Castlevania as a, as a as a villain. And I think one of the Pokemon is based on him. So, yeah, uh, yep, I know which so, one it yeah, is. Yeah, so, uh, so Flatwoods, we love you, Braxy. And uh, go visit the chairs, have a calzone, get yourself a nice lantern, and keep watching the skies. And we'll see you on the other side. <laughs>